Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective trademarks, copyrights, and related materials. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work creating wonderful games for us to play. Previously, on Heroes Not Included. We found out Mark took re- up residence at Lord Hockland's place. Mm-hmm. So we traveled to the wall border, sorry, the border wall, and Baron presented his Order of the Gauntlet pin to get us through, and the guard tells us that the Tower of Good Fortune has just disappeared, and many guests were there, were noble, and the Queen has ordered a military lockdown of the area. It suggests that we should stay at the Dragon Jaws. We ignore the suggestion and go to Lord Hockland's place, uh, where we meet his son, who then tells us Mark was at a funeral at the Towers with his dad, Lord Hockland, and both are now currently missing. And then if you recall, um, Hawkins said that uh, he was planning on playing hooky from the funeral, because he was going to try and hook up with Capster and Goldfeather's daughter, which is why he wasn't with Mark and his dad at the funeral. And then we went and investigated Mark's room to see if we could find anything, where Aspen found his spy cache, well, where his spy cache would have been. Um, we assume it's on him now. We are on our way to go check out the temple. The temple site. And he turns and he looks at his friend and he says, I think we're done here. Yes. Agreed. And you see they begin making their way towards the royal palace. I immediately dimension door back up right in front of them and go, hey guys, where are you going? We have an audience with the Queen. She Mm. wishes to know the results of our investigation. What are your results? I'm interested to know as well. It's Dimension Door, isn't it? Isn't it? (laughs) No. Mm. Again, if they had used Dimension Door, we would be able to scry or divine the temple's location. The only possible explanation is that it is no longer on this plane. Wasn't that part of the Dimension Door? Dimension Door creates a temporary portal. A micro... From the back, I came in, to another plane! (laughs) (laughs) You don't exactly ever leave the prime material plane. Hmm. I think what my friend was saying, that it's the idea of a Dimension Door. The idea that the temple was spirited away. Yes, we call that teleportation. So the tower was teleported away. We do not know, but that is the only thing that fits. Well, also conjuration, so that makes sense. <laughs> Off you go. Off All right, go, 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 go inform the queen. Go inform the queen. You did a good job. I will continue investigating. As they start walking away, you notice uh, a couple of the paladins, you know, the purple dragon. They're very good. Um, yes. that's, that's what I hear. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. <clears throat> a lot. Yeah. I would like to fight alongside one. <laughs> Two of them walking toward you from the direction of the royal palace. But they didn't, like, bro-fist or anything, the withers of the dudes. Nope. Okay. They walked right by him. <laughs> Held it out. The ones who like... See? Just stay, like, <laughs> went around the fist. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Ooh. Oh, the awkward fist bump handshake. <laughs> we like to call that the combo. The combo. And they're walking towards where we're standing? Yeah, they're walking uh, directly towards you. I say, oh, Iraq, you cunning fox, who currently has the ability of cunning of the fox. Mm-hmm. Why don't you roll that beautiful bean footage? Or we could just go visit a random plane and see if it's there. Um, <laughs> my intelligence score says that that seems like equally a good idea. <laughs> uh, I kind of think we should get some more clues from this plane before we go anywhere else. Mm, darn. Really aching to use this plane shift spell I learned. <laughs> peek in. Peek into it. Uh, I mean, we, we can get there. We can certainly get there. I just feel like that we should, you know... He's a true seeing spell and just like look and see if it's actually there, but in a different place. It's like a receipt. Perfectly aligned. I could. And I'm like, yes, true seeing! And I smack Baron on the back. Not this again. <laughs> Not this again. Pupils go full size. <laughs> Do you yeah. see things as they actually are, my friend? Yeah, you turn and you look in the direction of the <laughs> temple and you see the actual hole. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, man, it's like a hole. It's like, 
Its only value is in its absence. <laughs> no. Dude, I just I see everything so clearly now, man. I know. The, the fighting, it's a waste of time. And look at my hands. <laughs> I mean, They're the rain so is big. gone. <laughs> they can touch anything except for themselves. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I go over to the hole, mm-hmm. and I take a really good look at it. Okay. 24 investigation. You, you notice uh, a couple of things. Uh, the first thing that you notice is that it, it literally, the hole is sheared, like some almost like a laser. Oh, it's not all right. It's literally like a, just a laser came down and literally cut the thing away. Just whoom. what's the bottom like? Is it flat? They come to a point. The bottom also is completely flat. It's not like a crater. This must actually be, like, super impressive to a dwarf, right? Because oh, yeah. Because it's, like, perfectly flat on the bottom. Yeah, I'm sitting there just, like, oh, rubbing my fingers <laughs> along the edges. No bumps. Huh. No bumps. And, and is, the, is the shape of the hole circular? No, it's the shape. It literally it follows, just the follows the shape line. of the Ooh. temple. It literally follows the shape of the temple. Whatever happened to the temple, it was just the temple that was the target. Yeah. Is it, it like super deep to imply that there is like a massive like labyrinth or anything? Underneath? The temple seemed to have a good sized catacombs. I mean, about 200 feet deep. Okay. Wow. And nothing left behind? No. Nothing. No people, anything. Anything that was in the temple, gone. We need to find out who all was in that temple. Surely they've compiled a list. Well, I guess it's only been like a day, right? Yeah, it hasn't been very long, but... Why didn't Mark contact for so long, but only disappeared yesterday? By this point, the paladins have arrived at your location. And uh, when I'm staring at a caterpillar who is currently telling me the absolute (laughs) secrets of the universe. (laughs) And you turn around to look, and you notice that the paladins... um, uh, Baron, you notice that the paladins are giving off an inordinate amount of light. (laughs) So good. Uh, in fact, it kind of hurts the eyes a little bit. It's a little bit kind of, it's, it's like when the sun comes through yeah. the window just right when you're driving and it's just like, oh. Yeah, but it would fill me with that sense of the sun comes in on a cold morning right at that one square spot on the carpet. It, and that carpet is the best feeling place in the entire house. If you close your eyes, it's fine because it's like warmth and all these sorts of things. But with your eyes open, it's a little bit like you are that spot of carpet. Uh-huh. Sun, sunglasses. Yeah, you're all that spot of the carpet. <laughs> this spell has to let, let off at some point. <laughs> yeah, in an hour. I could give you a puffball and make it really exciting. <laughs> I don't end, and you don't begin. They stand there, and one of them says, "Are you Baron Ron Anvil?" <laughs> I say, "Yeah." Are the three of you friends of Mercurio Augusto Domini? Yes. Well, yeah, two two of us. I'm new. He's with us, though. That's cool. But I saw him in concert once, and he was really good. I can tell you with utmost honesty that we are the closest thing that Mercurio would ever refer to as a close (laughs) friend. What? I thought we were friends. Hmm? I think in his eyes we are. Oh, okay. Well, in our eyes, we are. In our, in our eyes, he thinks we are. <laughs> I see the pattern. I can I see, see that. The and you are staying with Master Hawkman. That's correct. Yep. Very good. The queen requests your presence. Follow us. Did we learn anything from the investigation? We learned that it was very perfectly laser etched out. Yeah, it was just the temple. I could have told you that. There was no collateral damage. There was... It's 24, man. You know... There's a property line right there. The marker's here. <laughs> it was <laughs> surveyed appropriately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's to the survey line. But that is the other thing. Is that, you know the whole temple has a whole square around it and has other side buildings and things like that. But it's just the, the temple. It was the temple. Okay. Not the, the cat- courtyard. The catacombs. Or yeah, I would say we're good to go talk. It's more social now. Yeah, we gotta we gotta find out who was there. I mean, they obviously chose. I mean, those wizards aren't gonna figure it out. <laughs> Totally they didn't seem very competent. No, they were not. Definitely not. Way, way beneath my. We say this within earshot of the purple. It's like, wow, those guys just really didn't seem to know what they were doing. God, I guess charm can really get you into. <laughs> you see, one of them turns around and, and says, "Gossip does not bode well on one's lips." Oh man, I told you. I 
told you I'm good there. <laughs> I'm from the Fae. My entire currency is gossip. Can we live and breathe? I care neither I, for this. Let us go to the queen. I, I, I give him a nod and zip my lip. Oh, that are so bright. <laughs> I know. That's super shiny. Yeah, you should tell him. Tell him how awesome they are. <laughs> hey, our, do you love Moradin? There. <laughs> Dwarf screaming at them. Dwarf, yeah. the hammer screaming at Dwarf. It's like you love Moradin, you should accept Moradin into your heart. Like, he's a huge fan. <laughs> Only through Moradin will you be saved. That's what I told him. <laughs> your hammer then says, "I don't think they speak Dwarven." No, they don't. But they they hear the um, sentiment. I <laughs> um, yeah, they're quite pretty. <laughs> You follow them as they make their way into the royal palace, and the royal palace is quite large. You notice that it must stand somewhere in the range of eight, nine hundred feet tall. Very intricately carved, gold, filigree, kind of a, a, a mixture of Art Nouveau and Gothic style. Mm. I can appreciate that. And you notice that uh, inside, uh, there's lots of rich tapestries, but very open. Kind of airy. Yes, very airy. Huge ceilings and and uh, you know if there is rooms and and hallways and such, they are kind of buried away underneath balconies and and flying arches and walkways. So it creates this huge sort of cavernous space. And you notice that as you walk in and you look up, that the interior parts of the tallest bits of this palace, you can look all the way up through to the very top. And light comes in through various windows and refracts in various ways. So they lead you through this huge foyer and into this huge sort of main hall area through several doors until finally it opens up into what must be the main audience chamber on a gold throne that looks as though someone had taken gold from about a thousand feet up and just kind of poured it through the ceiling and it formed this sort of long strand all the way down to the floor and kind of pooled into a, the form of a seat. Sitting there is uh, the queen. And she does indeed look young. Looks to be 16 maybe? I don't know. For, you know, humans... It's tough <coughs> to gauge human age mm-hmm. for you, but definitely looks young. And she is surrounded by a variety of courtiers. And you see the wizards standing in front of her. And you see that the rest of the audience chamber is filled with a whole variety of people. You notice people that seem to be dressed rather commonly, and uh, other people who seem to be dressed quite well. And there is a great deal of yammering and talking uh, going on. You hear someone um, quiet everybody down. Quiet! Quiet! We will have quiet! And you hear the queen speak. And she says, Wizards! Have you determined what has happened to the temple? And you see one of them step forward and he strokes a long white beard and he says, Your Majesty, we believe that the temple is no longer here. And she kind of looks at them for a second and says, Well, this we know. What I wish to know is where. If not here, then where? We only have a theory, but we believe that the temple may be on another plane. Another plane? Yes, Your Majesty. But we have not been able to locate it. Wherever it is, it is immune to scrying and divination. So after five hours, we still know no more than we did when I asked you to investigate it. Yes, Your Majesty. You see someone step forward and whisper something in someone's ear who then leans over and whispers in the queen's ear. And she says, I would see Baron Braun Anvil and his friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, she's a pretty lass. I know. Let's go talk to the young queen upon her gilded throne. Ask her if she'll kiss me. Well, he's crass. That's, you understand that sometimes that comes off as a threat from a hammer. Right? <laughs> Would you like to kiss my hammer? It usually ends with a fight. <laughs> um, yeah, stomp on up. I follow along. But knowing the situation, I, I do remove my helm and bow. Good. Attempting to observe some sort of protocol. She says, 
I am told that you three are friends of Mercurio Augusto Domine. We do believe we are. And that you have come here seeking him. Yes. How did you know that he was missing? We were informed. By another mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Of Mercurio's. Another musician. Mm-hmm. A harpist. One who does many gigs with Mercurio. You hear your hammer go, That's a lie! <laughs> Wait, isn't he? I thought he was, what's his face was a harper. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> this is, that monk's a spy! <laughs> that's why that's just, it's a harper. Oh, <laughs> uh, but he's not a musician! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know that. Yeah, that's just, We don't know sh- that. Shut up! It's innuendo! <laughs> <laughs> he looks musically inclined. Yeah. <laughs> liar, liar, puns on fire! He claims to be a harper. <laughs> One who harps. <laughs> Not unlike your hammer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you know Dwarven? I forgot. I don't remember if I do or not. I'm, I'm trying to pick it up. I understand part of it. Gotcha. Lawyer, lawyer, puns on fire. <laughs> Start rapping it. <laughs> lawyer, lawyer, puns on fire. This isn't nice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm claustrophobic. All right. <laughs> Just put that in the old bag of holding. <laughs> We're gonna talk. <laughs> she says, I have forbidden any news to be traveling beyond our walls. How is it that you found out of the temple's disappearance? Well, we didn't actually know that the temple was missing. We just knew that Mercurio hadn't talked to it, to our mutual friend in quite a while. And so we came here seeking news of him, and lo and behold, we show up and find out that he went missing along with everybody else. Normally, I would suspect you, but I have come to know Mercurio to be delightful and honorable, and so I will trust you in his name. Tell me, where do you believe the Towers of Good Fortune have gone? I look at Iraq. I agree with the wizards, though I thought that was my idea. She says, so you believe that it is on another plane? It's correct. What plane is it on? One that would see it beneficial to capture a temple, because that was very well cut out from the area it was in. Very crisp. Very crisp crisp crisp. work. Only the temple. None of its ancillary buildings. And very smooth. Tell me, Dwarven Wizard, Mm -hmm. how much power would it take to take such a thing? Oh. For who? (laughs) (laughs) Guess it depends on the wizard, but... It doesn't seem very wizard-like to do that. I would expect that this is something far, far bigger in the power area. Not bigger than me, but just bigger. Like, maybe more focused, less general, you know, jack-of-all-trades, wizardy knowledge. Just more like, really, like, making things move immediately. Just only large building things. A specialist, yeah. if you will. Yes, a specialist, correct. That really cleared things up for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, yeah, it's crystal. Right up for me. <laughs> crystal. <laughs> yes, little gnome speaks the truth. He's quite bright, you know. I'm a quick learner. Standing with helm in hand. Yeah. And, um, your... Your majesty. Majesty. If you would, wouldn't mind my query... Could you tell me more about the honorable Purple Knight who was being buried that day in the temple that disappeared with so many people inside? It was a funeral for Clisandral. was a paladin who had served this court faithfully for years. Many, many years. Do you think that he was the target of this giant... I would think it, just the coincidence of somebody wanting a, a giant temple on a day when this particular funeral was happening and this particular group of people seems just so coincidental. I like where you're going, but why would they take a dead guy? For kidnapping! It must why don't you hear one of the wizards go, Why not simply teleport the paladin? And what good would he be dead? You know, <clears throat> death is more of a stepping off point. But I'm sure I shouldn't have to tell you that, Paladin. 
Well, no, that was one of the wizards. Oh, one of the wizards. You hear your hammer oh, go, oh, oh, oh. Well, you believe in more than <laughs> Death is but a stepping off point. And I look back at the paladins. <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. Give, you give him a thumbs up? Yeah. Okay. You see, she kind of thinking about all of this. She says, well, there was a great number of riches in the Towers of Good Fortune. Enough to steal them in such a laborious manner? Well, the towers were twice as tall as this palace, and it is rumored that its vaults contained treasures innumerable. Mmm, they might have been after a specific magic item and just took the whole lot. Can you tell us more about who else was attending the funeral? This is my, almost my entire court, and I, I too would have been caught up in it had we not been delayed. Being fashionably late does have its positives. May I implore upon you to aid me? Oh yes, we love aiding. Not the spell though, worthless! Never learn that spell! Burn it immediately! I'm sorry, paladins, but it's garbage! It is, it is. <laughs> it is, it's total garbage. It's like, it's like half a hit. It's gonna save you. <laughs> I'm happy to offer my services. I actually just got off a very long quest finding something that wasn't able to be found via scrying, so I feel like I have a little bit of expertise oh my in this. God. <laughs> Again? What the hell are you going to milk this for? Well, he is friends with Hecaton. <laughs> king of the Hall of Giants. Uh, she says, Well, this will not be a long quest. My father had a wizard who served him faithfully for many, many years, who specialized in the study of the planes. But he retired some years ago. I was wondering if you could go and fetch him. His name is Finnet. Finnet? Like infinite? F-I-N-O-T-T. Finnet. His home is located outside a, a small village and caravan stop called Eagle Peak. It's located on the western side of the Stormhorns, about 150 miles northeast of here. I see. Only about a week away, but I would send you under escort with a contingent of my knights for your protection. Oh, sure. Sounds great. Yes. I love meeting more wizards. I look at the purple wizard. Glare. Well, they just kind of look at you. <laughs> it's a wizard stare. Yeah. It's an acknowledgement. They understand I'm more powerful than them. The They're envy. intimidated. The envy. <laughs> Drinking it in. <laughs> like, one day I'll be like that. She says, Wonderful. I will have your escort at the Hockland Manor tomorrow morning. Excellent. And she turns off towards a group of knights standing over there, and she says, Captain Martine. Me. Mar- no, <laughs> Captain Martine. You see a woman step forward, uh, dark skin, piercing eyes, and the queen says, You and your group shall escort friends of Mercurial to Finnet and back again, in safety. Let no harm fall to them. Captain Martine says... Name, guys. Friends of Mercurial just doesn't have a ring to it. I know. He was always taking the, the fame. The yeah, every time. I, I, I offered the Baron Brigade several times, but, but sure, nobody would wear the jacket. Just, <laughs> no one would wear the jacket. Just didn't fit right. Captain Martine bows and says, As you wish, my majesty. I would like to state now that as... We've spent time together. I've been trying to pick up Dwarven. Okay. Um, you want to start learning Dwarven? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the uh, rule? Not specifically. I will give you the rule. So a character can spend their downtime learning a language. For every 10 days using and practicing a language with the goal of learning it, they receive a 10% chance of becoming literate in it. After every 10 days, the player rolls a die 100. If they score below their chance to learn the language, the role is a success, and they are now considered literate in the language. Yeah, I mean, you have been with them. I mean, it took a month to get to Suzale from Fantelon. Okay, so you just want me to roll a bunch of die hundreds real quick? We'll, we'll say you have a 20% chance, so just roll one. Alright. 20 or lower, right? Yep. Nope. Okay, so 10 days from now, you can try again. Okay. I like that. That happens to be one of my favorite rules I've made up. You said it's going to take a week to get there? Yeah. And we are going to roleplay every single hour yes, of that dude. week. Yes! 
to make it really exciting, I'm breaking out the random encounter table from Horde of Dragon Queen. Mm. Your favorite. Fail. Another half dragon and a cultist. <laughs> Who would like to be drunk the entire week? Oh. We can be high though, because I have that barrel of yak kush. Oh yeah, that's right. It's gonna be a good week. We're gonna be so chill on this trip. We're gonna sleep so good. I like to imagine that Aspen sleeps on top of caravans. Well, this is not a caravan. There is a caravan stop in Eagle Peak, but you are not riding in a caravan. You are riding in a carriage of knights on horseback. Oh, horses. So does anyone know how to ride a horse? No. Um, Of course I don't. So you'll be riding on the backs of the horses. I've probably ridden a pony. (laughs) Yeah, pony. I I will argue that uh, if you want to say that you are proficient in riding uh, uh, a pony or a mule, 100%. I'll buy that all the way. War horse? No way, no how. Okay. All right, well, we will pick up in the morning. In the morning, uh, your escort, Guard Captain Martine and the escort arrive at uh, Hawkland Manor. And you learned the night previously from uh, Master Hawkland that uh, Finnet was a halfling. Hmm. So. The shorty squad expands. <laughs> <laughs> we are always seeking new members. <laughs> but you must be this tall. Well, to join. (laughs) You're the ride, the ride. All right. They help everyone uh, mount these war horses, which, you know, are between 12 and 14 hands. So, carriage was too much to ask from your (laughs) mighty kingdom. Captain Martine remarks that um, speed is of the essence, otherwise, a carriage most certainly would have been considered, but that they must ride with all haste. Sure. Whatever. I'll just hold on to this thing. Yeah. <laughs> this trunk of a person. So, uh, yeah, you all get up on there, and it is... Um... But you can keep your hands warm in their pockets. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's some amazing plate armor. You have pockets built in. Well, you know, it does get cold. <laughs> Should I ask first? Or... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes... And they ride uh, out of the city with great haste. It is a long day. Riding on the back of a horse that is alternating between a canter and a gallop. Occasionally slowing down to trot to uh, give the horses a chance to rest. But it still makes for a very long day of travel. Uh, You notice that there's not a lot of talking going on. And that uh, riding at the head next to Captain Martine, one of the knights, has a very large banner. uh, That one at a gallop, the wind is enough to push it straight back, and it spreads almost over your entire group. Gritty. Subtle. It's purple. (laughs) Subtle. This is a purple what? A big purple banner. Oh, banner. Oh. Right in style. But in the first day of hard riding, you're able to cover... About 80 miles. Wow. That's intense. That is a long day. It is a very long day. But you are encouraged by the fact that that means that you only have about 70 miles left of the trip. So you'll be able to make it in less time. On the whole, uh, the knights keep to themselves at camp. You do, though, when you're spending time in their company, you can't help but feel a little buoyed. A little bolstered. Slightly more brave. I feel, like, I feel like we could just take on any challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could fight that Tiamat fight again. <laughs> you feel slightly more brave. You feel uh, a little bit more sure of yourself. Uh, hit more confidence. Bring it, evil! <laughs> <laughs> you have pleasant dreams. It's, you find that it's, it's actually quite tough to really think of anything terribly evil or dark in their company. You know, if Mark was here, he'd play that lute. Yeah. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Profound, man. (laughs) But he's not, so that's why there's no lute music. Yes. Come on, evil. (laughs) Come on, evil. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps you should talk with your hammer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can I go back to reading? (laughs) We're not not talking right now. (laughs) Oh, no. Do you need to talk about it? (laughs) We'll, we'll patch it up. Okay. <laughs> he promised he'd change. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> I know. 
He gets a little antsy when he has a cracked forehead. He <laughs> gets all... Preachy. He gets all preachy. It's, it's, like, it's like somebody who hasn't smoked in like 64 hours. <laughs> the next day is equally challenging. You find that it's almost impossible at this point to shift your weight in such a way as to be entirely comfortable with your backsides getting rather sore. But thanks to uh, the knights making good speed, that evening you ride into this small little village called Eagle Peak. We're next to a beautiful swamp. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Farsi swamp. And you uh, enter into the pub, and they get you rooms. And uh, while sitting down in the tap room, you overhear a conversation. Two dwarves? No, these are just two humans. Hey, Ramph, did you hear about Farney and Jaya? Them and Kari went out uh, to that old wizard's place, you know, the one that everyone says is haunted. Sure, and I heard that they was just looking around, but they must have tripped something because they heard this great big roaring out of a secret room. Then Kari disappeared. Jaya and Farna took off, and who wouldn't? Yeah, I bet I would. Where'd they get to? They'd be hiding now, afraid something's gonna come after them. You notice that the locals that are sitting around them seem to not be paying them much mind, and in fact seem to be casting incredulous looks in their direction. But other than that, the food and the beer are all unremarkable in the taproom. In the morning, after a rough sleep, the straw wasn't particularly fresh in the bedding. The room was cold and drafty despite a fire being in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. There's only stale bread and small beer available when you come down in the morning. Finnett's place is only a couple hours walk outside of town. And uh, the knights, seeming to sense your physical discomfort, agree to walk with you to Finnett's place as opposed to riding. Okay. And all of your backsides rejoice. I think this horse is going to pull the carriage. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, a week would have been most of those ten days it was going to take me to make another roll on Dwarven. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Dude, I spent an entire campaign learning Infernal, and like, it was the last three sessions when I finally got to actually say, oh yeah, you know it now. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, it does take a couple hours of walking. Well, you see a mound, and from the outside, the dwelling built into the mound appears decrepit, cracked, and violated. Its wooden door... Does it look... Haunted? Its wooden door swings awkwardly in the mild breeze, producing an eerie creaking. Zoinks! The little hill, (laughs) a rounded spot just off of the main trail that you have been following, looks curiously bare, though trees stand all around the base of the slope. The hill is covered with dry brown grass and dotted with the occasional boulder. It rises about 50 feet above the door, which is set in its very base. Wizards, man. They're either super elaborate or they give no crap about <laughs> what their stuff looks like. Yeah, they're like. super elaborate while they're climbing the chain. At some point they reach the <laughs> reality is just a malleable tool. I would like to investigate what I'm seeing right now. Oh, okay. You want to... You, you don't believe what you're seeing? No. Okay. Oh, you think it is an illusion? I do. Twenty. Okay. You uh, do not detect any kind of illusory magic. I think Aspen would check probably too. Uh, nope. Everything is as it appears, it seems. Like I said, they and just I don't cast care anymore. Detect evil. <laughs> detect evil? I'm reaching out with the force. Okay, and your range is 30 feet? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll step up a bit closer to the. How, how long does it last for? Up to 10 minutes. Okay. You hold out your hammer and you cast, and uh, your hammer goes, That's right! Come out, come out, wherever you are! <laughs> Didn't hurt of the advantage of surprise! <laughs> we don't need surprise when we have God on our side! That's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we wouldn't bring us attention, but it gives us the chance for really witty comments. <laughs> <laughs> And I gotta tell you, I crave the witty content. <laughs> I want I want someone to be humiliated while you're smashing them in the face. Your, your, your hammer says, 
You may have forgotten, but I'm a blunt object. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Inspiration, Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you don't uh, d- detect anything uh, immediately, evil. Well, let's go find this wizard. Okay. Mm-hmm. As I, I sort of keep my senses not. about me in the ten minutes as I'm walking up and into the up, up to the door. Okay. Yeah, you walk up to the door, and like I said, it's off its hinges, creaking and cracked. Kind of make out the room on the other side. Uh, hey, wizard! His name is Fennec. Let us chat! Arise, wizard. <laughs> the, uh, wizard en- the entryway shows evidence that uh, seasons have passed since it was in any way occupied. Mm. When did the queen say this guy retired? The open door has all but invited in the elements. Leaves, both withered and fresh, lie heaped up on the floor in places and pushed into piles against the walls. Only a few lie scattered across the walkways. Evidence of uh, looters is just as obvious. It appears that maybe someone at one point was looking for secret compartments as holes have been gouged into the walls and dug into the floor. And paintings it? and plaques have been really? pulled down from the walls. Will we get more for an investigation check? Yes, uh, but I have a little bit more to tell you. Upon entering, you see that the main hall is a large room capped by a dome of bronze. Ivory paint is peeling on the walls, attests to its former glory. Doorways and passages lead off to the other rooms. Dust thickly coats everything in the main hall, disturbed only by a few recent tracks. Hmm. Where do the tracks go? Well, give me a perception check, or an investigation check if you're looking at the tracks specifically. I think you got this. Not me. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Investigation. With Morden's guidance. Oh, yeah. I got a 20 perception. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my eyes are extra teary. So <laughs> keep them nice and lubricated. I, I only do this because it makes you happy. <laughs> I'm just glad you're finally turning to religion. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. <laughs> you, you can't be an atheist. I have met God. <laughs> just I let, met him. Let me investigate, that. Let okay. me investigate. <laughs> From his side here. put my Bible away. We'll talk about it. <laughs> From his side, you hear. Morden loves you. <laughs> Wants your best. You're, you're very kind. It's a Thank talking you. hammer. Very kind. Just one point that is. I treat this as like a familial fight. <laughs> okay. That Aspen has zero part in. All right. There's a philosophical, a philosophical difference between where power comes from. <laughs> the uh, tracks seem to belong yeah. to small humanoids. Hmm. Small humans. <clears throat> I don't. I, I I'm mean, not they, sure. They did tell us he was a halfling, so. Mm. I mean, but it's more than one. Is it more than one? Two sets. Two sets. Maybe had a um, collar. Gentleman. I don't know. Collar. <laughs> a servant. Um, I mean, that's what they're. I don't know. <laughs> I don't the know dust is heavy and thick. <laughs> the tracks lead into uh, the main hall here, and mm-hmm. then circle around and lead out. I reach down, and I wipe my finger on one of the tracks, and I taste the dust and see if I can tell how old these tracks are. And God, and, and more than willing. Bear, bear 19 car- survival. Paired carbon dates the dust with <laughs> his tongue. <laughs> 19 survival, you say? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> they look extraordinarily fresh compared to everything around them. It occurs to me. I could have done that with only my eyes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the other piece of knowledge I have is that it tastes like dirt and dust. It does taste a lot like decomposing debris. They didn't wipe their feet. <laughs> so there are several uh, doors off of this main chamber. You say fairly new? Is that what you said? The or tracks, recent? yeah. No. Okay. Exiting the uh, main hallway, heading back towards the entranceway, the tracks are farther apart than they were going in. As if they sped up? As if they might be running. Mm. Whereas going in, you notice that they are incredibly close together. Mm. Call out to ghosts. You like, show yourself demonic presence. But you have uh, <laughs> several doors. You have a door uh, straight in front of you on the other side of the main hall, and you have. I would have sensed a ghost. A yeah. couple doors <laughs> to the These north, and a couple the... doors to the south. Mm. Those places These are probably the tracks of those people that we overheard. Yeah, this is yeah, a story. Yeah. So this is definitely the, the haunted place. Yeah, yeah. 
it, when I said it out loud, it, it seemed more obvious. <laughs> I mean, it, unless it's the other incredibly decrepit age of wizard. Haunted wizard place. <laughs> yeah. it's, there's usually two per town. Yeah. That's common. There's the like, nice one that, that we shop at. the 65 plus community. <laughs> And the sun was so poverty. Yeah. <laughs> I walk out towards the middle of the room. Okay. I follow. I don't feel super threatened yet, so I don't I feel that's as stupid as... I've been in creepy, dusty places before. This is nothing new. <laughs> was that your time with King Hecaton? Well, before we found him, friend. yeah. So, yeah, we were having breakfast one morning. You know, me and the king, King uh, Hecky, I call him. We have kind of pet so, uh, Anyway, so it says to the king. <laughs> We've got to have a scene where we meet up with this guy again. And he goes, who? <laughs> oh, yeah! Uh, a momentary glance between the door. Oh, okay. Rude. <laughs> Rude. He's a jokester, did you know? Yeah, I, I caught it. I caught it. You go up and punch him in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I walk up just towards the center of the room, and again, I assume this is within the ten minutes of my spell. I'm just I'm just scanning for evil. Yes, there is uh, no evil that you can What do find. the doors look like? Are they Do they look different at all? Is there any distinguishing things between them? No, they look um, very much like the door that you used to enter into the mound. Borderline ruins in terms of decrepitness? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's been years. No. You said there's a door right across from us? Mm-hmm. There's like a large tentacle monster previously painted on the ceiling. No. no. Are the paladins still with us? Or are they outside? They're, they're waiting outside. <laughs> like, I go to the door and I go, does it always look like this? And uh, Martine says, this is our first time here. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I come you back. Have, I got French accents. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the first time we have been here. Yeah. <laughs> do not know. It sounds like Purple Nights. I like a Purple Nights. I like to think they're it smoking be... like this. They hold their cigarettes in that back. Like, no, it's, it's a, it could be anything. Out. We do not know how he likes to leave. I like that. <laughs> what do you want? We, we smite the evil and uh, we go have a nap and a bottle of wine. <laughs> We brought you very hard. We brought you here. But I am not We brought cheese. <laughs> you may not be used to this. Oh, what is it you think cheese. you're going to do for us? Huh? I apologize to any of our listeners who are actually French. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's an American French accent. Yeah. It's meant to sound ridiculous and un- unequipped. Let's go through the door. Let's follow. Uh, yeah, I go. I go straight across. I, I I skip the. I go right to the east. Okay. All right. No markings of the door, just kind of an ugly old, like, needs fixing door. Yeah. Wooden. Just a, yeah, ugly wood fixing door. All right, yeah, you open the door, and you see that this was most likely the wizard's spellcraft chamber. It's covered with dust and disturbed only by breezes and drafts. The room's not entirely empty, though. Uh, Beakers and ingredient bottles have been smashed, and it's probably best for weak-stomached individuals not to look too closely at some of the dust-covered shapes lying amid the shattered glass on the floor. I stand there for a moment, and then I say, Iraq! And then I walk to the north doors (laughs) and leave that one wide open. Okay. I go up to it. Alright, yeah, you see the same thing. Uh, If you give me a perception check, please. Um, Fifteen. It seems that the looters missed something. A book. And you see that the book is clearly marked Lab Notes. Mm. I love Lab Notes. It's covered in dust, and it was on the floor. Oh, I pick it up. (laughs) You pick up the book and leaf through it to discover that uh, Finnet had been very interested in discovering how to travel to other planes. The journal describes his initial frustrations and his later successes in contacting beings from beyond this land. Eventually, the book speaks of the circle the mage created to transport himself bodily to worlds outside even his imaginings. The book ends there as though the owner had left it behind as a testament to his magnificent discovery of new realms. Why well, I keep the book, because <laughs> libraries don't fill themselves. That's true. <laughs> and I walk out, and I go, hey, I just read this book. This is a wizard's place. What good is a book here? Ha <laughs> bear. <laughs> Most knowledge occurs from books. Baron, you're standing in what looks to have been maybe a library? 
Oh, then you're gonna love this. And I said, hey, rock! And I head towards the south doors. Books are strewn across the floor of the library, and the furniture has been reduced to kindling and stuffed into a fireplace in the corner. A few of the old moldering tomes are even legible. Light streams in faintly from a skylight above, casting an eerie pallor across the room. Looking carefully through the books on the floor, you see that one of them is titled Finnett's Book. Definitely pick that up. And inside, you see that it is a spell book. <gasps> I leaf through. Magic missile! <laughs> <laughs> you see some spells you do know, some spells you don't know. Of course. Of course. You see detect magic, grease, shield. Grease, good one. Shield, also good. Yeah, yeah. Pyrotechnics. Whispering Wind. I can cast that. You want to hear it? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's more of a line. (laughs) One of the components is beans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Aspen, uh, what room are you investigating? I'm going towards the southern doors. Uh, Along with Baron? Yeah. I hope there's something interesting in this door. This is like investigating a library. (laughs) So far, yeah. Just books. Which is to be expected, but... Uh, you open the open the door to the south, and you see that it used to be the wizard's kitchen. Oh! Whatever store of food has long since been eaten by insects and mold. Not even flies buzz about the kitchen any longer. What uh, about his spice drawer? Finnett's last meal, lying on the easternmost stone counter where he left it, has been infected with spores of some kind. Ew. Green and... Losing. But otherwise, the room is empty. Gross. I still want to take a look around? Yeah, you can take a look around. I just want to stay away from that spore stuff. What's your nature rule? Am I doing a perception check? Yeah, perception check. So that is a 17? Yeah, there's nothing else in the room of note. Ugh, okay. I just walk out. Do, do a nature rule. What's your nature rule? My nature is only a plus four. Okay. I think you can do it. Tell me if you know anything about those funguses. Nope. That's a nine. Yeah, you're not sure, but it doesn't look pleasant. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get involved with that. You have a memory come flooding back to you of a cave with a rock that mm-hmm. was buggy. I don't think Finnett's here. Did you find anything, E-Rock? I found some spells! Are you going to share with them the book you found in the laboratory? Yes. Oh, right. I also found some lab notes, which refers to a teleportation circle that our wizard friend used to go to other planes. He was successful towards the end of the book. Does it teach you how to go to other planes? I mean, I already know, obviously. Master of Time and Space, remember? And you found that in the laboratory. Hey, just a title. (laughs) I earned that title. Uh, But I found that in the laboratory. Are there any more doors? That's it? I think we should look a little harder for some markings, maybe on the floor, under dust. Where are you going to investigate? Laboratory. Okay. Give me an investigation check. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Well, you spot a rather odd shape in the dust, or it looks like almost a draft has, over the course of however long, pushed kind of like a little trough into the dust, as Mm. though air is coming from the other side of the wall there, leading you to believe that you've uncovered a secret door. Bear! Mm -hmm. Time to put that hammer to use, my friend. They go, smash the wall! <laughs> Push on it? <laughs> With the hammer? <laughs> it opens. Yes! Nice work, Baron! Right. <laughs> I knew you could do it. You gotta give him the wind sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the door opens into a vaulted chamber lit by a pale blue glow that seems to radiate from the walls. The ceiling rises a good 30 feet above the floor. Supporting buttresses meet in the center, as in a cathedral's dome. 
alkymal equipment lines the far walls, while potion bottles, chalk, and vials litter the table closest to the center of the room. Dust coats nearly everything, from floor to ceiling. In the exact center of the room, a magical circle is inscribed in the floor in solid gold plating. The circle seems to repel the dust that has gathered everywhere else in the laboratory, though some of the traceries of the diagram outside the circle are not as immune to the steady accumulation. So it's kind of like there's a residual magic that has kind of like mm-hmm. repelled dust, but as you get further away from the center of the... It's of kind the, of a gradient effect. Yeah. And like I said, there's a table in the center there. Uh, I start to draw out the symbols. Okay. To get my own book. You're going to draw out the symbols. What are you looking at? I'm going to go look at what... There's got to be like tables and stuff, flat surfaces. Okay. Baron? I just stand watching these two. Okay. Alright, as you all step into the room, dust rises in little clouds near your feet, revealing more gold plating on the floor. In fact, the gold inscriptions, hidden under the dust of the years, extend far beyond the circle in the center of the laboratory. The diagram covers the entire room. Your entrance has triggered the etching's magic. A warm wind hurls the dust up into the air, where it sparkles and shines in the room's blue glow. The hazy nimbus surrounds you, sweeping you up in a surge of magical force, and the room spins around and around in a blur until your eyes feel as though they will fly from your head, and a whirling fills your ears, and suddenly... the room stops spinning. No, it's not the room anymore. You're lying prone. A fence of glowing blue fire leaps up around all of you. The flames crackle and hiss in the vaulted chamber, and the very air begins to emit a strange whirling noise. The faces and forms of each of you, as you look at each other, blur rapidly, obscured by the clouds of dust in the laboratory. A sudden, soundless explosion pushes you back from the chamber door. The door slams shut, but not before a cloud of sulfur and ozone bathes you in its stench. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today using your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear from you. Find all of our episodes on our website at heroesnotincluded.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heroes not included. And finally, our podcast is supported by Tevya Schmidt, Chris Gergetsch, Josh Heddle, Allison McManus, Shane Fetters, Jake McNinch, and Amy Trout, along with all of our awesome patrons. Our patrons not only help us keep the lights on, they also gain special behind-the-screen access, including patron-only podcasts, videos, and more. To become a patron, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. And until next week, be the hero.